Welcome back to Footsteps in the Attic. It is June 8th, which means it's Ghostbusters Day. On this day, June 8th in 1984, Ghostbusters premiered in theaters. And you know what? This movie to me was much more than just a comedy. It really opened people's eyes to the paranormal and got them interested in the paranormal world. I remember I was old enough to remember seeing it in the theater and then all of a sudden all these ghost topics started popping up on talk shows. So that movie has a special place in my heart and I think has a special place in the heart of my guest today because she is a fellow ghost buster. She is the founder of the Ghost Hunting Beauties. Please welcome back to the show, the beautiful Angela Cotts. Angela, how you doing? I'm doing great. Happy Ghostbuster Day. <laughs> Were you a Ghostbusters fan? Of course. I even had to watch the cartoon. I don't know how many remember there was oh, a yeah. cartoon with it, but I had to watch the cartoon too. Absolutely. Who was your favorite, by the way? Did you have one? Oh, man, it, it's so hard to pick one. But I remember with when watching the movie with Bill Murray's character was one of my favorites because of the quips. I mean, oh, yeah. come on, just because he never took himself too seriously. And here I am with our show and I never take myself too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Humor is important no matter what you're doing. Right, right. So I think that would have been me. Everybody would have been kind of like, oh, here she comes again. Like, Lord, help us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am really happy and excited to have you back on today. How is, I guess you're working on season two right now, right, of Ghost Hunting Beauties? Yep, we're editing season one and then already starting to work on building up locations for season two. So it's the fun part of the Ghost Hunting Beauties when you get to scout locations. That is always fun. That is awesome. Do you have a bucket list location in Texas that you want to hit? Oh, man. Bucket list? I would love to finally get out of Texas because I've, I've been to so many of these locations and already been scouting, but now I'm just ready to, to get further out. But for season two, I think it's still going to be Texas. We've got um, the Wonderlick Farm has officially signed on for season two. So Wonder that's going to be neat. Wonderful. So a farm, haunted farm. I'm sitting there going, what am I in for? So, of course, we had to go test it preliminary. Yeah. Oh, my. I did not expect what happened. Luckily, they went live, and then the Old Town Spring Ghost Tours was there, and they went live. So everything you see there, just from people with their phones, was all authentic and very much improv. <laughs> That's now. There's, is there any glowing chickens or anything like that on this haunted farm? This that sounds very creepy. <laughs> no glowing chickens. Uh, there's some goats that are questionable, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw in one of the teasers you were at a location, and it looked very creepy. They, I believe, they called it like the portal to hell or something like that. It was this property that was gated and. A lot of people had like negative experiences there. Is that ringing a bell? Oh my gosh! When you have to narrow down all the places you've been. <laughs> yeah, true. There's been the, there's been like I said, the most recent was the Wonderlick Farm. That was preliminary. Um, that might be the one you're thinking of. That it could be gonna, it. It's gated off. That was the most recent one, and that was the one that they were speaking German. We oh actually wow! Had that recorded where they spoke German. That was interesting because people have asked me that before of, you know, what if, you know, when you pass away, all you spoke is one language, right? Like, how, how do you know? And so sure enough, it came through and said, and said, it's a language thing. And we had someone come in and start speaking German and sure enough, it answered in German. It's crazy. Whoa. That is, that is crazy. And I know you have that ability to pick up energies and you see, feel, hear. Did you, were your senses going off, those spidey senses of yours at this farm? Oh, yeah. The second we walked up, because a lot of times when you take haunted tours in certain places that are new, you don't know what's set up. You don't know if people are going to, you know, do things to make things happen. And not that this place would ever do that because they didn't. But I always, I'm always skeptical. I walk in as a very healthy skeptic because you just don't know what's in front of you. And this was authentic, 
genuine and I didn't expect to be picking up on so much stuff very early. Right. Like I was picking up on a Frederick. And so I was like, Frederick, Frederick. I was like, does that sound right? Cause they don't tell you the names. So wow. they tell you a little bit of information. They go, we want you to authentically pick up on names and things. And then you tell us and we'll tell you if that's correct. Oh, wow. Oh, that's something. And, and I mean, that sounds like a German name, like Friedrich or Friedreich. <laughs> so you probably hit right in on it. No, no. I think, I think you were right. I think you hit up on it. And I'm curious when you're at a location like this, which can sometimes be negative. Do you also see like protective spirits, like something like a spirit guide or an angel? Do, has that ever happened to you? 100%. Like this tour was actually one of the biggest ones I'd ever seen. So for a person who is sensitive or an empath or a medium, it's overwhelming. So at first I was very, very, very overwhelmed and I kept trying to go to different places. I started setting up the cat balls and they started going off like crazy and they wow. wanted to talk to me. But then when more people came in, it, it gets overwhelming. I think for the spirits too, they're just like us. I mean, yeah. they're sitting there going, why are all these people in my house? Right, right. Because a, a lot of times, some or at least some of the time, they don't even know they've crossed over. So they're still living their lives on the other side going, you know, what is this? Especially if they were protective of their environment. Exactly. So what I did and what I generally do, even if I'm, you know, doing a preliminary investigation is I ask, hey, do y'all mind if I come in? People, I don't see do that very often. They'll just go, hey, I'm here. I usually ask. I go, would you like me to come in? Is that okay if I come in as a guest? That is very respectful. doing that enough. I agree. Just like walking into somebody's house, you wouldn't just like walk in. <laughs> it's always nice to give, you know, some heads up. They're like, here, you walk into somebody's house and you lay down some things and go, hey, can you just touch this cat ball for me? And they're like, who the heck are you? <laughs> Like, could you imagine? Right? <laughs> I love that. A random stranger come into your house and just throw something on the ground and a meter going, if you touch this, it makes a sound. And I'd be, I'm telling you, I'll be the ghost that kicks it over. <laughs> I think I'd be a little upset too, so I don't blame you. <laughs> I might. I honestly think that's why they break cameras and stuff. I really do because it initially our cameras were getting broke lights getting broke i mean we had a, a sound bar that we had like set up to be able to record sound they broke that and i finally started just asking permission going do you mind if i come in here like we're just going to be here from this time to this time and i just want to have a conversation with you that and is i do that and it's been much better I think that is very wise. There's a famous haunted doll called Robert in St. Augustine, Florida, and people are supposed to ask permission of this doll before snapping the picture. And those who don't have reported really bad things happening to them to the degree where they will then email the museum and apologize to the doll for not asking permission to take the photo. So you wow. doing that reminds me of that particular story because I think that's very wise on your part because it'll just be a lot smoother. For sure. Yeah. Very. That's why I say if, if we treat them like, like we want to be treated, you know, because we're uh, the people we work with, like the spring paranormal girls have taught us a lot about the respect and different things we need to come in and do. So it definitely helped us before just bursting into places and just asking questions. But one thing that I had always forgot to do is ask, can I even come in your house? Can I come in and talk to you? Would you mind having a conversation? Wow. I love that. I really do. I think that's such a wise way to do it. And my hat goes off to you on that. Oh, thank you. Do you, um, I remember our last interview, someone, one of the listeners actually asked me, you had mentioned lights flickering in your house. Have you had activity carry, you know, you know, basically follow you home since doing the show as you've gotten further into it? Has there been any further incidents or has it been kind of quiet? <laughs> times uh whenever we had a full moon is when we did that investigation at the farm so i think something did come home from me there but mm -hmm. what I, 
with me being a medium is that I actually have cat balls that I set out and turn on every day. And mm. it, if they make one of them go off, I'll open up the spirit box for a conversation and they'll tell me. It's almost like ringing the doorbell is kind of how I see it. So if I see a cat ball go off, I go, oh, okay, someone wants to have a conversation. And then I'll open it up to talk to them. And so we haven't had anything crazy. It's been calm because they're very respectful, just like I'm respectful to them. So no more throwing things, no more lights flickering as much. They, they've just been basically using those cat balls because I gave them permission. I said, if you want to have a conversation, this is what we do. And I go, if you wanted to do laundry, that would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that. Get a little housework done. <laughs> exactly. Do you have any? Exactly. Do you have um, rituals before an investigation? Like, do you pray? Do you meditate? What What is your pre-investigation ritual if you have one? Usually, the day before an investigation, I usually set up a very calm area, meditate. And I usually put a lot of energy and think about where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And that way you can kind of mentally connect to where you're going. And it's my ritual now of asking permission and going, hey, just letting you know tomorrow I'm coming there and I'm going to have a conversation with you. I hope that's okay. Just let me know when we get there if everything is all right. So, And then day of, I usually keep my house very quiet and I rest as much as possible because they drain my energy. I love I that. Walk in, they drain it. They go whoop, and I am almost asleep by the end of an investigation. <laughs> oh no, I get it because that's what people don't understand about mediums and those who are psychic is that it takes a tremendous amount of energy to do what you do and what my friend calls tap in. And yeah. she'll do a reading, and then by the end of it, she needs a nap. She's like, I am drained, and we've been to a few haunted locations together, and it. Although she pulls things out of the air, you know, and, and, and provides amazing insight into these locations, it does take a lot of energy. It does. I mean, it absolutely will wipe you out. Like, even whenever they're trying to tap in at home here with me, is that I have to make sure I have enough energy. And I tell them, we're going to talk for 10 minutes. If there's something important you need to tell me, great. You know, if not, then we'll talk at another time when we set up the session. So I we love have to that. definitely, you know, it's like I said, if you treat spirits like just like they are still here with you and set up rules and boundaries, it's so much better with the interaction. It's I, I come across so many people that have things being thrown across their house. I've had people message me telling me about hauntings and things they experience. And I go because they don't have any other way to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's frustrating. It's like you know, a cat trying to tell you there's something wrong or, you know, a baby who can't speak yet. They throw tantrums to get your attention. hundred percent. That's why I tell people babies cry, mm -hmm. because, not because they have no other way to communicate. And spirits will throw things because they know if they just appear to us and start writing things in the mirror, I mean, you're going to get freaked out oh, and yeah. banish them. So they don't want to be banished. They're just trying to tell you something. <laughs> They just want to say, hey, I'm here. Let's, uh, you know, let, <laughs> let's communicate. <laughs> I'm, cur I'm curious, slightly off topic, but I am curious on your perspective on this. I've been noticing on the news a lot more lately, a lot more often that UFO activity is being reported. What are your psychic thoughts on that and what's going on? I think now that our society is elevating itself, which, you know, that's always questionable, but mm -hmm. elevating itself <laughs> as far as we're more open-minded, we're getting a little more open-minded to things being, you know, that everything is not as it is, that we're yeah. more open-minded to, oh, you know, back in the 50s, you think when an alien landed or when these things happened, people would panic, they're thinking yeah. it's the end of times. Now... You have something, I think all over the news when they said that they had shot something out of the sky, no one blinked, no one cared. Right, right. So they're probably like, well, we might as well come meet them at the White House, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean. So I, th I think we're more open-minded now and ready. We're, we're, we're not as ignorant as we used to be as a society. We've been educating ourselves. We have access to the internet, which is more information. And we're all connected through YouTube and internet, like we don't have to 
send a telegram. We can literally pick up the phone and call anyone or video chat someone from another country just easily. So they're thinking, hey, why can't we communicate with them? Right. And I think that people realize if they wanted to do something negative to us, they would have done it by now. They're clearly an evolved, you know, species. And if they're already here on Earth, they're not doing anything drastic. So like you said, I think people are much more willing to just accept that this phenomenon occurs. Exactly. I think that's basically what it is. And then on Mm. top of that, I think that there's a lot of natural phenomenons with the planet going on. And it's like whether you believe that it's global warming or it's just natural or if it's us doing something to the environment. I think no matter what, that the planet seems to be having a lot of distress. And they they might be coming to tell us what we need to do to fix it because they can... They have advanced technology. Look how far they can travel and what they can do. So they may be coming down to tell us, here's what you can do to fix it. So true. Very true. Good point. Um, I'm curious, um, have any of your crew members been affected as the filming has, you know, gone along in, uh, on the ghost hunting beauties or is everything okay? (laughs) Absolutely, they've been affected. Like mm. it's, um, there was, there's been instances to where we were working a little bit faster pace because when you film, you don't have 20 hours to try to do an investigation. You only have a certain amount of time. So sometimes we push a little bit, you know, not provoking, but pushing a little bit going, okay, if so-and-so's here, and I know this is a sensitive question, but you need to answer this. And let us know. And during the the townhome episode, uh, two of the girls were very, very heavily affected, enough to where one had to walk outside and another one felt as if she had died. But she knew she didn't die, but she felt that sensation as if the spirit was showing her how he died. And it just shocked her because it was the first time she had experienced that. So first time you experience that, you're not ready for it. You have to be trained and it has to be experience. Lots of experience to be ready for it. Yeah. I think people are shocked because they think, Oh, I'll go along, you know, nothing really is going to happen, but I'll just have fun with it. And then when something happens, there is a psychological impact that it has on you because you're basically being affected from something that you didn't even think existed (laughs) a second ago. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that if we're, if, Being a healthy skeptic is always good, but if you're not open enough to know you need to protect yourself Mm -hmm. or not fully prepared, a lot of times it can really throw you off. Yeah. Even people who are protected, like the the other medium that works with SPI, she was affected that evening as well, like very heavily. And I don't know how I blocked it, but I fully blocked it out. Wow. I've, I've been training and preparing and training and preparing, meditating working with um, uh, different people with different spiritual backgrounds who've all been giving me different advice on this is how you need to prepare yourself. There was a, a Native American shaman that I met recently that she works in Galveston. And I actually did a reading for her. Like, I didn't see that coming because her daughter read for me. And yeah. She goes, well, I can't read for my mom. Can you read for her? Never saw that coming. And, you know, I should see it coming. But I love that. I, I try to put up the walls. I don't want to see everything that's coming. That's why they say, oh, if you're a psychic or a medium, why didn't you win the lottery? I said, that is not how it works. No, it's not how it works at all. It'd be rich psychics and mediums all across the the planet. Yeah, (laughs) We would all be just in our lavish luxury homes. I, but we are only fed what we're given. Yeah. I I mean, people have to start seeing mediums and psychics as the radio. The radio is on, and whatever comes through, comes through. That And that's how it works, because people were, when I finally started becoming open again, like after coming on your show and doing mm-hmm. our show, I finally started, you know, not being shy and admitting that I have gifts and not that I'm shy, but about that. Yeah, I get it. It's just so personal because then it did open Pandora's box. I've had person after person go, I can't even get online now a lot of times with TikTok because I had 30 people at once messaging me going, is my mom okay? Is my dad okay? So yeah. So I actually had a session with Matt Frazier in one of his group lives. And now I see why he does it that way. 
Yeah. 100%. He gets at least 20 to 30 people, and he will tell you, if they come to me, I'll come to you, and you'll come on the screen, and I'll read for you. Yeah. And you know what? And that's very kind of the both of you, because a lot of people will charge for their service because it's that draining. So it takes a piece of you. So, you know, kudos to the both of you for even offering that in a live forum, because I know from having dear friends who are, you know, of that, you know, gift (laughs) that it does, it does take a piece of you. So that's very kind of you to do that at all. Thank you. Like if I'm in a live already and I see something, I'll tell them, Mm -hmm. but it it ended up, I was watching a live, you know, uh, a ghost hunting investigation. And sure enough, I opened Pandora's box and it was like 30 people. And I was literally just trying to tell one girl what her dad told me. Like I was sitting there and it came in clear as day as he asked me why she stopped singing. That's all he did. And he said, where's your joy? Why did you stop singing? And so I told her, I said, does this mean anything to you? He asked me, where's your joy and why did you stop singing? And she's like, oh, my God, I'm crying right now. She goes, I'm a professional singer. And when wow. he died, I, I stopped singing for a while. And I, so then everybody jumped in. What does my mom say? What does my dad say? My right. dad died last week. And I'm like, oh, guys. You're, and oh, Yeah, I'm that so will crazy. overload you. That'll drain the battery quick. Yes. And then what the my worst fear was that spirit stepping away and he sure did he stepped back and i said i am so sorry and and i did have to start charging for sessions sure you you should yeah you should if you do a session you should be earning money from it you should because it takes so much out of you it really does and it's something that's new to me meaning that i've had this gift my whole life but actually now to where i can tap in better Mm-hmm. be a lot more accurate because a lot of times if five people are coming in, I can't guarantee that person they're looking for is going to come out and talk to me. It could be with one of the people that came as a guest. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And that's what people also don't understand is sometimes the messages are a little, you know, mix and match because a large group of people, that's a lot of energy coming at you at once. And all these spirits are trying to get your attention hundred percent. And mm-hmm. especially my mother was disappointed at the Matt Fraser thing because he didn't pick us. But he, her mother was a very quiet person as far as not jumping up and like, hey, look at me and getting attention. I said, she's not going to go get his attention. She's going to tell you privately what she needs to say. Mm-hmm. Look at that. I, you know, something you said earlier really caught my attention. I love that you read for this Native American woman. And I love the Native American culture. I'm fascinated by it. I think it's so mystical. I think they're so in tune with the spirit world. And actually, one of the questions for you I had written down is, what are your thoughts on Wendigos and skinwalkers? That's something that's new to me. But Mm -hmm. I actually had posted a video on the Facebook with the Ghost Hunting Beauties what looks like it might be captured as skinwalker. Wow. So that's something I am trying to learn more about because, like I say, I always go in as a healthy skeptic, mm-hmm. but this was terrifying. It, their faces, if if it was not staged, then these were the best actors I've seen in my life being completely terrified because that was pure terror. It wow. was something came in on the screen. The person was pretending to take a picture of them and actually videoing them. And then they're like, oh, man, you're videoing us. And then something, a weird cryptid type of skinwalker type of creature comes in. And then they start screaming. And it's, ooh, it terrified me. And so I posted it in the open forum, like, what do you think? And everyone says it truly looks like a genuine skinwalker. Ooh, please send me that later. I would love to see that. That sounds incredible. Oh, it's terrifying because things that are real... Yeah. That's what terrified me. All the faked videos and the, the CGI, all of that stuff. Even some of these horror movies with this CGI. Go, oh, How is this supposed it, to be scary? It, it doesn't scare to- me at all. It's like a video game. It's like watching a video game. You, you, yeah. I, I Give me the old school way of doing a movie and that will scare me. Yep. I'm t- I think Muppets from back in the day. What was it? The Jim Hansen movie with those <laughs> weird looking bird creatures. Oh, the, the Dark Crystal? Is it a dark crystal? Yes. Dark crystal still bothers me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> There's something creepy about puppets. <laughs> I love the Muppets. I am a Muppet fanatic. In, I, in fact, in our wedding, we played the Rainbow Connection. Oh, I, I, Angela. <laughs> Angela, you don't know this about me, but we're about to become even closer friends. Guess what? I have a beaker tattoo on my leg. <laughs> yep. Oh. How spooky is that that you brought that up? <laughs> that, is epic. that is epic. The Muppets are the best. But then Jim Henson goes, you know what? I'm going to scare the crap out of these kids. <laughs> he got really bored. <laughs> I totally agree. Shout out to the Muppets. Love the Muppets. <laughs> oh my God. I'm telling you. I'll have, to, I'll have to send you if you're on TikTok. There's so many Muppets yeah. things. It's a. You go down a rabbit hole and it's nothing but Muppets. It's great. Oh my God. Yeah. You're going to have to send me that, please. (laughs) (laughs) You, um, your perspective on this would, would really, I think enlighten a lot of people because you're out in the field, um, doing investigations. And I always caution people about the Ouija board and using a Ouija board because you're opening the front door. You don't know what's going to come in. I still have people messaging me that, oh, I want to use it, though, during this investigation. What are your thoughts on using the Ouija board? If I could, I would physically take the Ouija board and smack mm. them with it. Then go, no. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things, It's and this is how I see it, and it's one of those, it's not getting political or anything at all, but it's, yeah. I think of it as, Handing a weapon to someone who's never had training. Yeah, so yeah. It, because you've got a loaded gun there, and you and it's firing off. Like because you're sitting there going, "Oh, I, it just went off. I didn't know that I was supposed to, you know, you know, put the safety on." There are people that are inexperienced. So if you're not experienced at all, especially because people are going to do it. So I say if you're inexperienced, absolutely not. Like you you don't know what you're opening to because you haven't studied, you haven't trained, you don't know what you're opening. And there are so many things in the paranormal world that none of us know about. Yeah. And we don't know what it is. Like we could be the ghost haunting these things and they could be, you know, alive. We don't know what's going on. Right, right. No, you're so right. And and like I say, I tell people, would you ever open your front door? And just say, everybody come in. Yep, 100%. How, can you make them all leave just by saying goodbye? No, you might have somebody that suddenly decided to live up in your attic. I mean, yep. it's the same. Yeah. I, and for people out there who think we're kidding, look up, you know, Zozo and Mama, the demon that's associated oh. with the Ouija board. Very real, very terrifying things have happened to people that just messed around with it a little bit. It can open the doorway. You think you're communicating with something friendly and then it suddenly turns. So yes. So heed our advice, people. (laughs) I think that spirits and demons and different things, and especially dark spirits and demons, I think they can influence people. So if you're already, if you're so open without being a healthy skeptic to what you're doing and you're fully open to everything, and you open yourself and use the Ouija board, you know, because it is, it was a tool for entertainment because people go, it's a toy, it's Hasbro, it's entertainment. Mm-hmm. If you do a little research, mm-hmm. this goes way, way oh, back yes. that people used it back in the day, like, you know, a spirit box and spirit things. Like, you mm-hmm. have to be careful. Yes. If you aren't experienced, even trained professionals have had issues with coming behind people who have used Ouija boards. Yep. 100 percent yeah it was based on something as you said it was not meant to be a mass marketed toy that's something that the company picked up on and decided let's run with this that is not what it was intended for originally exactly they were if you look at the like i have an entire blog on it on our site that will tell you the history because i did a deep dive into it oh i I love that I dove all the way back to when it was, I mean, cent- like centuries to where people were using things to communicate with the dead. And with Native American culture, it is more common to be respectful and to communicate with your past ancestors. So nothing wrong with that. But when you're using a tool that was meant for more nefarious 
purposes and you're just opening the door without training, you can open it up to something that can influence you, that can hurt you. Because mm-hmm. people think, oh, spirits can't hurt me. Oh, wrong. yes, they can. Wrong, 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 wrong. And just when I said that, my heart started skipping. I'm like, oh, right. I see. They're reminding me. They're like, we are here and we can't do this. Yeah. No, I I remember being in a museum in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and this gentleman behind a glass had a knocking hand, a Victorian knocking hand, which was used in seances. And Ooh. someone with psychic gifts came into his store and he said, sir, you're lucky you have, he happened to, in his shop, have a piece of a cross, which was extreme. I forget the exact history of the cross, but essentially the psychic told him because of that cross that is preventing this knocking hand from causing havoc in your store, because there's a very bad attachment to that hand. So just like we were talking about, you do not know what's going to decide to infest an object. Yep. And if you talk to any legitimate paranormal team across the world, they will tell you that a lot of their cases they come in behind is people using Ouija boards mm-hmm. and they have to try to get this, you know, whatever it is that's dark to leave. Because if you think about it, when you open your door and let's say you see people walking down the street, it's not usually the best of people that's going to come walk in your house. Like if I'm walking down the street and I see an open door, I don't think, let me just go walk in that house. Right. Who's that? Who is the first person you think would walk into an open door? Someone that did not have, let's say, positive intentions. There we go. So this is the same in the spirit world. Someone that goes, that door is open. I bet you I could take something. Ooh, I wonder what's in there. Oh, I wonder if they got any kids sleeping. You know, Mm -hmm. people can be just as dangerous on this side as the other side. So why open your door? Why? Well said. I am trained and (laughs) I have been slowly, like I don't sit there and and talk to spirits 24 seven. I have integrals, time periods, and I, I set my intentions before we speak. I say, if you have anything that's dark and nefarious, you're not welcome here. And anybody that just wants to have a conversation, that's just fine. I love that. So well said. Um, with your gift, has there been, like, let's say you're at a thrift store. Has an object ever gotten your attention and you weren't sure why? And oh, yes. and has there ever been anything brought home that at the time when you purchased it, you didn't know had maybe a vibration and then later on, you know, something happened? definitely that's i I have now that i have opened myself back up more Mm -hmm. when i go to thrift shops and go to antique stores Mm -hmm. i am picking up on things left and right just i mean even when we went house hunting before we bought our first home i remember walking into a home and and luckily it was you know our friends that were our realtors and they were so patient with us because they're like here's this crazy person because <laughs> <laughs> I, I walked in and walked right out she's like you didn't even look at anything i said oh i did and i said they died in this house oh wow they died in this house i said it was an older man he died in this house and i said i and this is before i was telling anyone about my gifts because i was nervous and unsettled about it and sure enough she goes, let me look, let me look, let me look. And then she goes, well, there were two people signed on to buy the house and one only signed as they left. And I said, that means he died and she's selling the house after her husband died. No, thank you. <laughs> Good for you picked right up on that because you want to walk into an environment and feel invited, especially especially when it's going to be your future home. So I'm glad that you listened to your gut. Hundred percent. So there's. You mentioned picking up on objects, and of course you mentioned dolls. Now going into there's an antique shop in Montgomery, Texas that's absolutely beautiful, and and the people here in Montgomery are just the friendliest people you'll meet anywhere. It makes you happy to be alive. I put it that way. Just going there and friendly people. But antiques, unfortunately, a lot of times are taken to stores when someone passes away yeah. or you know 
to certain tragedies and things are attached to a lot of things. So as a medium, when I walked in, I'm, I'm experiencing things. I actually had dreamed of a woman before I went who was playing a piano and I found the piano there. Oh, wow. I was like a little kid. I was jumping up and down. I go, this is the piano. This is the piano. And my husband's going, oh, here we go again with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's about had it up to here because it's, it's constant. It's part of my life, and it's, it's more prominent now that we're doing the show. But I'm excited because I get to have a piece of me that was held quiet for years open. And yeah. sure enough, we're walking down, and it was a doll. And I went, oh, 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 I said something with this doll. I said, I'm going to film it and I'm going to post it on our social media. And I want to see if anyone picks out the doll that I think something is attached to. Oh, that's sure a great enough. idea. Ooh, let me tell you, everyone picked up on the exact doll. What did that doll look like? I must ask. It had, it was one of those porcelain type of dolls with dark right. hair. And it wasn't that it stood out, but the energy you could feel. Even people, when they saw the video, they go, that one, that one creeps me out. What is it with that one? And I said, oh, my goodness. I was like, that's the one. That's the one. Oh, my gosh. So they picked right up on it. 100%. I've had people send me videos going, which doll has an attachment? And usually I could pick up on it even from the video. But I tell them I need a video from far off and I need a video from up close. And then I need you to set the camera still. And wow. then that way I can focus in because if it's moving too much, you know, I have to have time to pick up on things. Sure. And sure enough, one of my friends, um, his name is David Atlas. He has Atlas Paranormal TV. There we go. Shout really out. Exciting. I'm telling you, shout out to him. <laughs> he is doing incredible things he took on a haunted doll wow so his lives we have picked up on the doll moving and he actually measured it that there was movement we all kept saying that arm move that arm move he oh my gosh the footage and it did 100 percent during a live he wasn't near it there's no faking it there's no right. remote Control. This is an old doll. There's nothing that would make it move. Oh no, I've had some experiences with dolls in the past. I can tell anybody out there that dolls can have a vibration. They can be infested. They can be, you know, they can have an attachment. Yes, they can. Hundred percent. What? Um, <laughs> I'm curious. Like, have you ever been asked or uh, approached about potentially going to the Alamo? Because I know there's a lot of spiritual attachments there with all that, with all the death that has occurred. Yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. That place, I went there as a child and felt it then and never told anyone because, of course, you know, I was hiding a lot of stuff I was experiencing. But yes, it was weird because when I went there, it was, you're not supposed to touch anything, so I'm trying to be respectful. And I ended up walking around and bumping the wall. And when I bumped the wall, I could hear people shouting in English and then shouting in Spanish. Wow. Shouting, shouting. And it was, I started covering my ears, and my mom goes, what is the matter with you? And I said, these people are just yelling. She goes, it's quiet in here. And I said, they're shouting. I said, it, it's, I hear screaming. I was like, this is, oh my God. And it's like, now I hear someone coughing. Now I hear this. And then she goes, uh, maybe you want to walk out of here. And I, I ended up walking out feeling very sick. It was, Holy I guess, crap. because of a lot of the bloodshed and different things. And it, it just definitely overcame me. But I have had people say, would you go to the Alamo? If they would allow us permission, I would love to investigate. I, even if they don't let us put it on our show i would love to do it on maybe a live or something yeah. else I, I want people to who haven't been to texas to experience that part of texas yeah oh my gosh that would be iconic and of course everybody knows the alamo so i think that would be wonderful if that can be worked out at some point 100 percent. i love it i i think that that's one of the things that i like about ghost hunting is the history yeah oh yeah history telling the places because I don't want people to think of the paranormal as what you see with the CGI and TV. Like, like you said, the, the ghostbusters, 
opened up the door yes. for people to be able to explore the paranormal and to not be and be accepted. Individual. Yeah, I really believe that. So which Ghostbuster would you be? So oh. I, picked, I picked one. Now you have to. Oh, that that you you did. I you know what? I have definitely the wise ass tendencies of Venkman, Bill Murray, but I also have the enthusiasm of Dan Aykroyd's character Ray. So because you picked Venkman, I'll pick Ray, Dan Aykroyd. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There we'll, you go, Venkman and Ray. We'll we'll find two others and then we'll uh, we'll remake the damn thing. <laughs> that would be iconic. I would totally do that. Oh, you'd be great. Costume there. Oh, I heck yeah, you do. <laughs> You'll customize it. <laughs> right. We'll all put our logos on there. <laughs> I'm I'm curious, Angela. Have you done like preliminary work on a on a location, and then you were discouraged internally from doing it? Like, did you pick up? Like, has there been any location that's crossed your path that you were? potentially interested in but then you got discouraged because of your gifts no not yet i mean there's so many more places to explore like i I would have liked to have had more activity when we went to some of the locations Mm -hmm. but the whole point with the show is showing what is real showing that hey you're not going to get constant activity you know we're not going to make things up we're not going to you know kick the wall so that you hear something and we're not going to do the, what was that? And then not debunk it. Like we really have actually enjoyed the debunking part. Like there was a, at the, let's see, one of the places that you're supposed to have handprints and we didn't get handprints. Now that would have been neat if we would have caught that, but I'm not about to make people have an experience that's not genuine. Yeah. So I want people to be encouraged to explore the paranormal, but in a way that their intent is to learn about this person. I'm really glad. Like yeah. Media, you know? I'm no, I'm so glad you brought that up because what people have to understand that I've had this happen to me is, you know, we did a documentary. We had one camera guy. So unless you have a Zach Baggins budget where you can put cameras on every inch of a property if something happens off camera that's not being faked it actually lends to the credibility because it's happening and we didn't set anything up <laughs> you know a one camera can only cover so much so if we're reacting to something yeah that's because something did happen and if we were faking it we'd have the perfect shot at the perfect angle and everything would be captured but that's just not how it goes Exactly. And that was in the beginning. We had an even tighter budget. Our cameras were not that good. We Mm -hmm. had memory cards wiped out, cameras being broken, and then trying to figure out how to get more cameras because we didn't take out a bank loan. We didn't have a big production crew. We've literally asked friends and close family and people we trust and admire to say, please, I know that we don't have any money for this, but we want this to be an authentic experience. Please come and can you hold a camera? Can you can you hold the sound thing so that we can hear the yeah. if, if you hear a voice? So I think for season two that hopefully if we get picked up by Discovery Channel or any of the paranormal networks that maybe they can help us. Because sure. that's the one thing is I want to keep the authenticity. I want to keep to where we have more you know people that are interested teaching people, educating people, sticking with the history. Because one of my biggest fears is that someone buys me and goes, well, we're going to do this, this, and this. Right. And then could you just trip and fall on camera? Right. Could you act like you were touched? And I don't want to do that. I well, want everything to be like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, we come back another day. I love that. I love you for saying that because I have a dear friend, Ralph Sarchi, who did a show called The Demon Files, and he told them right away, if you fabricate one aspect of this show, I quit on the spot because the integrity and the reputation means everything. And if anything is faked and then brought out later, the entire reputation of the show goes down. So I love you for saying that. I agree. I 100% agree because we've had people we've talked to at locations that have refused to be filmed because Mm -hmm. people have come in and asked them to say different things. They've asked them to like make up experiences. Like the only things like we have scripted is, is like, hey, 
we're going to be talking about this. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's your bullet point. Yeah. That's your, just the, the outline of how the show is structured, which is fine. hundred percent. And that, that's what I'm always afraid of that people be like, Oh, see that part's fake. It's like, no, like we had, um, if anything is questionable, we're going to label that. If yeah. we hear a sound that we're, oh, that might be a truck outside, we'll say outside vehicle. Like, I want everything. I saw one of the shows not long ago that was on a ship that was haunted. And for a lot of it, I was sitting there thinking I've been on ships before. And I'm like, how can you know that that is paranormal? Because ships are making noises constantly. Right. And so that's why I haven't gone on a ship yet, because I'm afraid that how would I capture enough yes. evidence? But if I had the Zach Bagans budget where I had cameras everywhere, yeah. I think that especially having me being a medium and having sensitives and impasse, I think that we would draw in whatever it is. Oh, 100% you would. And, you know, just for those, again, who might be listening to this, interested in the paranormal, you can't just show 10 hours of, of B footage to people, of B roll, <laughs> you know, and raw footage. B so that's why every show is going to have an outline to it, no matter where you're investigating, because you want to show people the best of what you captured. And sometimes you don't get much, but what you're getting is authentic. So just for the benefit of everybody out there, that's why every episode is going to have an outline, no matter what you're filming, because you want to have a point to what you're doing. For sure. And then yeah. you have to have, you only, like we at first were filming within one day, which meant getting there at lunchtime, trying to get B-roll and yeah. then working till almost 6 a.m. the next day. Like we were just, and with me having lupus and all this, I, I was getting so sick in the beginning, just getting deathly sick because it would take me almost two weeks to recover. Wow. Now that's, like that's some. Yeah, I mean, that's dedication and passion right there, all from your idea. So kudos to you for doing that. Well, thank you. We, we try to, like I said, I think the show will still be entertaining. We do have plenty of B-roll footage, and, and most of it is from us filming ourselves. Yeah. So I'm hoping that during some of those things that maybe we even capture something. Because you oh, never yeah. know when you're going to catch things. You oh, no, know. absolutely. We definitely caught some stuff on our what we thought was just B-roll location shot shooting. And then sure enough, oh, wait, what's that plume of smoke that just appeared? Right. It's like, whoa, okay, we caught something and we weren't even trying to. Exactly. And that's how you know, that's to me, that's why I will never understand people fabricating for entertainment when there's so yeah. much exciting, real, authentic things that happen when you're on investigation. I have never been bored on an investigation <laughs> Right? I know. Thank you for saying that. It's so true. We're on a, an adrenaline rush the entire time. Oh, yeah. and then, uh, Sure enough, that's why you tell people if you're going ghost hunting, bring snacks. Yeah. Because you're adrenaline, <laughs> you will get hungrier than you've ever been in your life. And it's, it's truly because you get excited. And I think I'm hoping that if I'm still doing this in 20 years, that I still have that same enthusiasm and adrenaline rush and that I'll still be sitting there eating some Fritos or whatever. I'm <laughs> I think you will. New location, new adrenaline rush. <laughs> right. Like, I can't wait to go. Like My goal would be somewhere in Europe. Because yeah. They view, they view the paranormal so different. Than oh, they're the so States. open to it. They're so open oh. to it. Over here, so, you know, we've sometimes, I feel, watered some of it down to make it, make it a bit campy. And now I'm starting to see more people with more paranormal shows that are really getting to the nitty-gritty. Yep. Asking the questions that we've always wondered and going to locations that other people would have never dared to go to. So that's what's gotten me so excited to do a show because these other shows have inspired me with, I'm going, wow, that looks so exciting. It's like, look at this. I would love to be doing that. And, and especially the discoveries and the Estes method. I'm learning from so many people with different things. It's, it's just been a really incredible journey. Well, it's been incredible to watch your journey so far, and it's going to be even more incredible as season two unfolds. And I can't believe it, but we're on our final question here. So... Oh I'm going to have to have you come back because I feel like, again, we're just scratching the surface. So 
Appearance number three, I'm going to ask you in advance to please come back. Absolutely. 100%. And by then, I'll even have more ghost stories because by then, we'll be at all kinds of different locations and and who knows what we'll discover. (laughs) So my final question to you is what's been the most rewarding part of doing this show for you so far? That's an interesting question. And what's been the most rewarding, I'd have to say, is... I am not a religious person, Mm -hmm. but after doing this and hearing from spirit after spirit saying that there is life on the other side, it has actually really, really brought me a lot of comfort to know that there is something out there, no matter what it is, after this life is done. That's beautiful. I love that. There is life after life. I always say that. Absolutely. But the the best part is I, I try to ask them the big questions. I've been trying to dig a little bit deeper and all they have is jokes. <laughs> See, so you take your sense of humor with you, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know. <laughs> I asked them, I said, is there God? Is there Jesus? Is there Buddha? What's on the other side? And they answered, Bill. <laughs> of all things, and I said, "That's it. I'm not talking to you guys anymore." I said, "Y'all got jokes." And I, of course, I'm thinking I would have said the same thing. It's yeah. Bill. Oh, I'll be a wise ass. I'll be a wise ass on the other side too. One day, I fully know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Angela, where can people get a hold of you? Where can they see Ghost Hunting Beauties? Let's do this plug. All right, we are at com, which has all the links to all of our social medias. Most of our handles are Ghost Hunting Beauties. You get to see uh, no two channels are going to be the same. What you see on Twitter is not the same as that you see on Instagram, and it's not the same that you see on TikTok, and it's not always the same that you see on Facebook. So follow all the channels, and you get to see us. And YouTube is our biggest one, because that's where the episodes are going to be. Full-blown episodes and bonus material will come to subscribers. Like, we want to make sure to have the extended hunts and have the extended backstories and extra things that you might miss if you don't subscribe. I love that idea. And please don't message Angela and want a free reading. If you want a reading, maybe she will open up her books, but Venmo or PayPal is going to be involved because don't ask for a free reading. It's like going into a tattoo shop and wanting a free tattoo. Just don't do it. Right. 100%. 100%. Because it does. I say keep in mind I have lupus. I have businesses I'm running and taking care of uh, an adult child that's in college. And if anyone has a kid in college, yes, I more power to you. You understand my pain right now. Yes. <laughs> Angela, you are a delight as always. I'm already excited for the third interview that we're going to be doing, but I'm going to ask you to hold on so I can thank you off the show. But um, for Footsteps in the Attic, this is Brian Hobson for the beautiful Angela Cotts. We'll see you next week. <laughs>